HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Square. If you run a restaurant or business, Square has the tools to help you stay connected to customers, shift your business, and navigate this uniquely challenging time. Learn more at square.com slash go slash speakeasy. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Fellas, how are we doing? We are scattered Hanging in there. Scattered and tossed and distant from one another, but we're 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 doing our thing. Yeah. Doing the thing. <laughs> yep. Um yeah, man. We uh it's honestly like it's not so bad. Uh you know, like it's been kind of fun to uh, to do these remote recordings because we've we've had a lot of really interesting guests on that you know didn't maybe have it in their travel schedule to come to Brooklyn, New York, and uh, sit in the studio with us. So it's been really I've been enjoying it. I don't know about you guys. No, yeah, well, I mean it's fun. It's fun to just have all three of us in the studio. Like this has never happened before, and thanks to the magic of technology and a global virus pandemic uh here, here we all are <laughs> thanks covid <laughs> yeah yeah jesus uh you know uh thanks for the, the small silver linings that we can find um yeah yeah but yeah i'm certainly enjoying that we can we, we, we've been getting people from from further places away and and, and being far, far away from one another you know you're on the west coast uh, uh greg and i are both here in new york city but in separate places so uh and we can you know tack into the crew at HRN and, and everything's working out great. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased with it, honestly. Yeah, totally. And, and the fact that we we're, we're cranking out two shows a week right now, because we're highlighting a lot of things that are important and need to get out there regarding what's going on with the crisis. Yeah. We're going to hit that 400 mark before you know it real yeah. fast <laughs> before, <laughs> before the tales awards start, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Before the digital tales awards begin, like, you know, we, we had Caroline Rosen on not too long ago, and we talked about how that's uh, gonna gonna wind up playing out. I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. I'll be obviously pretty uh, bummed to not be in New Orleans, but I'll be excited to see what they come up with and how how we turn it out. You know, entertainment and and hospitality are hand in hand. We'll we'll figure out something to make yeah. everybody happy. Yeah, you know. Um, so so there, I was just looking at our website on heritageradionetwork.org, um, where you can find the Speakeasy. See, you like that plug just now? Um, <laughs> on your photo. Uh, uh, 
on the website on, on this it's it's a really old one man you need to update that you're not wearing your red glasses so oh i don't God. know if anyone would even recognize you uh these days so let's let's get you a new photo man we should get one All for right. greg too i'll get that um thing. yeah so what are you guys drinking on right now uh, I am sipping on some rum. Uh, I've got some Diplomatico uh, Reserva Exclusiva, and that's going to tie into today's oh, show. Oh, wow, me too. <laughs> me too. What a strange coincidence. Well, cool. Are you guys making cocktails? <laughs> I'm just drinking it neat. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah I'm not, same. I'm not too big on uh, uh, cocktails at home, uh, although COVID has made me a little bit more interested in them. I typically just drink stuff neat. I don't even bother with ice. So I'm just sipping on some rum, and it feels pretty good. It's a nice sunny day here in New York City. Uh, the, the skies are remarkably clear. I think that's because you know less less automobiles have been on the streets for 70 days now. Um, so it's you know again some silver linings to this whole nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not. I haven't been a big cocktails at home person for a while, but I did uh, this past week. Um, throw in the first batch of freezer daiquiris for the summer so that's been i just killed off the leftovers of that uh, a little while ago and now i've switched to straight rum because it's three in the afternoon it's time to switch to straight spirits yeah it's <laughs> noon here so uh <laughs> yeah we heard the Why we heard not? the noon bells ringing off the air when you went away to make your drink <laughs> yeah <laughs> to make my drink takes a lot of skill to pour rum in a glass <laughs> hey, but that's why they don't let anybody do it yeah <laughs> don't, exactly don't, don't shed too much light behind the curtain man <laughs> no 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 you know honestly like my uh my regimen is uh it's usually neat or i just do highballs i have a I probably have to get my soda stream cartridge replaced like every other week. I, I, that's how many eyeballs I make. Um, oh, uh, Damon, they make an adaption, uh, an adapter rather that you can uh, put in there and connect it to uh, like a full size tank. Well, I mean, I, the, I take this thing with me camping. Uh, you could still do that, but you know, I mean, like it, it needs to be somewhat portable. Uh, I don't need a full tank. I also like I like going to my local uh, kitchen store, like cooking store that has the SodaStream refills, and uh, you know, give them some business, and usually find a couple of knickknacks to add to the kitchen tool collection. And I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're giving them the business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, speaking of rum and delicious rum that we're all sipping on, Greg, why don't you bring in our guest? Sure, absolutely. So today we have uh, Edward Beasley from uh, Diplomatico. You are the uh, the global brand ambassador for Diplomatico, is that right? I'm the uh, global marketing director for uh, for Diplomatico. And uh, yes, uh, hi everyone. Uh, good to be on your show, Edward. Welcome. Uh, where where are you at the moment? So I'm in New York City. Oh, okay. Now, so um, so I've been in the same place for about three months now. Yeah, so we all, we've all been in the same place for three months now. <laughs> yeah, nobody's moving around. Yeah, is this is this home base for you normally? Are you normally based in New York, or did you kind of get stranded here? No, no, no. I uh, uh, thankfully I, I am normally based here. Uh, I, I I do travel a lot though, and uh, I actually came back from Europe on the 9th of March, which was like two days before they closed. The flights coming from Europe, so right, yeah, wow, wow, that was that was like I remember distinctly. I remember that week very vividly. Of like, I could pinpoint kind of like the day when things got weird. It was that Wednesday, right? Exactly. So you beat it by like forty eight hours. Exactly, exactly. 
So wow. yes, because uh, being stranded uh, uh, for three months somewhere is is not exciting. Even with Diplomatico, it would be tough. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, you know, and of course, this you know this has put a, a halt to, to everything that all of us do. But your job is kind of to be traveling all the time, so it's really put a shutdown on what you do, right? Well, it has definitely changed uh, our our lifestyle and our working style, absolutely. And uh, you know, uh, about eighty percent of our business is in Europe, so we do spend quite a bit of time in markets in Europe. So, uh, so it, it has, uh, you know, it has given us uh, an opportunity, I guess, to, uh, to do some, a uh, bit more thinking and, 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 uh, do things that we hadn't had time to do in quite a while, catch up on things. So, you know, we always try to find the positive, uh, positive things out of those kind of situations, I guess. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I would like to maybe start the show off by talking about, you know, the products that you make and then, you know, sort of the happy side. And then we'll talk about like all the things that are having to change during COVID. So let's talk about the rums that you produce um, and how you do it. You're, it's a family owned uh, business. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, it is. It is a family owned business. Uh, some uh, four families that have uh, joined together basically to, uh, uh, to uh, make this uh, this great uh, great brand, it's uh, it's based in uh, based in Venezuela, and so the uh, production facilities uh, is in La Miel, which is uh, close to Barquisimeto, about uh, f- uh, 300 miles uh, southwest of uh, Caracas, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's a company that's been around for since 1959 basically uh, and the distillery has has uh, has been active uh, for, you know since then uh, producing mostly rum but also other spirits and uh, it used to be uh, used to be owned by by Seagram actually at the time that was uh, doing a lot of whiskies and that's why we now have uh, a lot of different distillation equipments that enable us to um, to have uh, pretty unique uh, rum style. So right, I mean, it was it was two uh, thousand two that the families kind of bought it out, right? So so now it's not owned by a big Seagram's company; it's owned by those four families. And you have you have access to batch kettle stills, pot stills, and continuous stills. So you're and, and, you're, and you're employing that to, to make mostly just rum, right? Exactly. That's uh, that that's what we use uh, to uh, to do our rums, and uh, and that's really you know one of the key. Uh, aspects of our of our story and and, and how unique uh, we are u- using those those different distillation processes. Uh, for the listener, can you talk a little bit about what those three different things do? I think Damon and Greg and I are pretty uh, up to speed on 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 those methods, but maybe if you could just give some insight to the listener on what what the difference between column uh, batch kettle and pot stilling is. Yeah, well, uh, uh, the uh, the column we have is uh, comes from uh, comes from France, um, and it's basically a continuous uh, uh, process. Whereas uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 batch kettle and the pot still uh, are one from uh, Canada, and the other one from Scotland, uh, and and they. Uh, they happen in two, in, in two times. In two times, basically, you have a first batch, and then you uh, you distill it again. 
So that's uh, that's really the, the the key difference between the two, and they 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 give us some uh, some rum styles that are that are quite different from uh, from sort of lighter styles to sort of uh, heavier, more intense styles, and then it is the blending of those uh, of those styles. Uh, depending on on each of our products, that uh, really gives uh, a, a different profile to each of our products. So the the, uh, the younger products, such as uh, Montuano, have more lighter style rums, and the older products, such as Reserva Exclusiva, or even our our prestige range, such as the Single Vintage, have uh, more intense, heavier uh, rums, so to speak. Right, um, and which one? Where where does the? Uh, I'm sorry, the Reserva falls into which one of those categories? Reserva Exclusiva is is a is a 12 year old uh, rum, and it falls into the sort of the heavier uh, heavier category. Uh, about 80 percent uh, of of, uh, of the blend is uh, is made of of, of heavier rums. Uh, and having said that, I mean I think the particularity also of of uh, of uh, Diplomatico is that it's uh, all our rums are particularly smooth and and easy uh, to uh, easy to drink and that's what I think has made uh, uh, the, the success around the world. Uh, you know, we take a Reserva Exclusiva drink and it's uh, it's full of flavor. It's uh, it's smooth. It's it's really. Uh, easy to drink and if you want you know it's typically a sipping rum obviously but uh, uh if you actually want to uh to mix it it works pretty well as well i know my favorite uh, uh these days is to actually uh take it on on the rocks with uh uh coconut water rocks uh which melt very slowly and 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 give the uh, the reserva exclusiva you know a sort of a little evolution as you drink it and uh it's it's a great drink yeah i i love that I, i've done that many times in the past it's delicious um yeah. 12 years that's a pretty lengthy aging for a rum uh is the climate a little cooler in that part of venezuela or no it's uh, it's uh it's actually a pretty um uh, pretty warm area, and uh, and yes, you're you're, you're right. Uh, you know, we there in the rum category, uh, there's no need for super old aging uh, to really uh, feel the the age. The the fact that uh, we are in a warmer climate uh, makes the uh, evaporation uh, much higher than it would in the northern hemisphere, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it condenses the the uh, uh, the flavors uh, quicker. So you know we usually say that uh, uh, one one year of aging uh, in that part of the world is probably equivalent to three years in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. What's the what's the percentage loss? What's the percentage that evaporates to the angel share? It's about uh, about seven to eight percent. So uh, it's 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 massive actually when you think about it. It means that you know once uh, after twelve years, uh, you have very let, little left in the barrel. Uh, right. So that eight, that eight percent is year over year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's incredible. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's quite a lot. And and what's really interesting as well is uh, uh, you know the, the the barrels they are stacked stacked on top of each other, and they are also placed in in different uh, uh, sort of warehouses, if you will. Um, and it's quite interesting to see that you know they, they there is a difference whether the barrel is at the bottom or at the top of the pile, basically. Uh, it will age uh, a bit differently uh, at a slightly different rhythm. Some parts are a bit cooler than others, etc. So that's why it, it is an art to uh, to blend uh, rums because you really have to uh, play with a lot of uh, differences uh, coming from from every barrel. Yeah, that's it's pretty incredible. Like uh, you don't typically see rums age for that length of time based on that loss, right? That's an expense that the company has to endure to create a product like that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you know that's that's part of the uh, of the equation. We have uh, we have over two hundred thousand barrels that are aging, um, and uh, yeah, I, we obviously have have some that age for less time than that but uh overall it, it, it is indeed uh quite uh, quite an investment and and also more more importantly it's really a, a, a story of passion and really you know just living uh year after years with the evolution of of those uh, those barrels and and trying them uh Every other every year and, and seeing how they evolve, etc. I mean, that's it's it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely it toes the line between craft and art to be able to do that. Um, so that's all about the rum and its delicious stuff, and we're sipping on it right now. I hope you're enjoying it, gentlemen. I'm enjoying mine. Um, yeah. What uh, uh, I have in my notes here that you wanted to talk about um, what it's like to run a business in Venezuela during COVID. Or even just in general, you know, uh, uh, Venezuela uh, has gone through a lot of changes in a short amount of time. Uh, the Bolivarian Republic of Venezuela, the full name, right? Well, what's it like to run a business down there? Yes, look, uh, it's it's true that uh, we've we've been working through uh, you know an economic crisis for for many years now, um, which has. Uh, uh, made made us need to um, to adapt a little bit and uh, and be also extremely flexible in, in the way in the way we work. Um, we um, I think more importantly and, and and of course during the the COVID period as well, uh, the most important thing is is to make sure that we um, that we we treat our people uh, well and and that uh, you know. Uh, whether it be because of this uh, health uh, crisis or any time uh, that uh, our people are are safe and uh, and well cared for, um, it's it's been a it's been a commitment for for the families to uh, you know to 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 be there and and stay there and continue to invest in the country uh, because they believe in in, in the country. Um, but it's been a challenge, and uh, they've they've really had to uh, to stick together. Um, but you know they are they are an important part of the uh, of the region uh, when it comes to supporting the families around uh, around this area. About fifteen hundred families uh, are dependent on uh, on the uh, the distillery over there, and 
you know, we, we work very closely uh, together. Um, we have a lot of um, programs to, um, to help our, our people locally. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's been challenging and at the same time, very exciting because we've, we've over those last, you know, 10 to 15 years, we've, we've been able to um, share Diplomatico uh, around the world. And then, you know, we started from, from, you know, nothing outside Venezuela to now being in over almost a hundred countries in the world. So it's, uh, uh, you know, while it's been a, a difficult uh, period, it's been also a very exciting period for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's something we're hearing over and over, especially with the COVID part. I mean, I understand that things have been going on longer than that uh, strife in Venezuela, but you know, uh, the the barriers that COVID is creating is is also generating uh, uh, you know new perspectives on how to get things done. So, you know, even though it's a difficult time, it's an exciting time, right? Yes, it's uh, it's uh, it's enabled us to to indeed uh, think of of new ways of working, new ways of communicating with. Uh, with uh, both the trade and consumers uh you know it's uh, it's pushed us to be uh, to be more creative um and uh and i think it's uh it's also making us think about you know the the future and 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 maybe how we can be you know even you know even more human uh even more uh you know, into sustainability and authenticity and all those values that are obviously coming out more and more importantly in the, in this uh, uh, in this context. Well, yeah, and that's one one thing I sort of wanted to ask you. That's a thing that we've heard about a lot on this show. Is a lot of people, but a theme that's come up a lot in the past couple of months is like you know constraints breed creativity, and it also gives us a chance to you know, really pause and, and look around and examine if the way that we'd sort of been doing things on autopilot is the right way to do it. Um, one thing I've got to ask you, just because I, I, I want to know, like the crisis hit a lot of us here in New York pretty hard because, you know, we were sailing along, everything was going fine, and then it really just kind of, you know, left hooked us off of our pedestal. But because you in in... Venezuela are no stranger to adversity and making a business run through hard times without minimizing it or saying that the two are exactly the same or, or, you know, negating the impact of either one. Did you feel a little bit more like you were already in that mindset of looking at, okay, how can I, in this situation under these constraints, not just survive, but thrive? Yeah, I think that's a, that's an interesting perspective, and it's uh, it's it's true that we you know we we do have to be we have had to be creative uh, over the last ten years already to uh, to be where we are today. I mean, I don't want to underestimate obviously the you know the the consequences of COVID, and and it has hit us just as hard as as uh, as anyone else. Uh, but it's true that we do have a mindset of uh you know being ready for difficult situations and and we are you know we're a small company so we're you know we're able to uh to adjust uh quickly to make decisions relatively quickly uh to adapt to things i mean we've 
you know, we've uh, very quickly, um, you know, put some some measures in place to, first of all, you know, make sure our people are safe, but then also make sure that we are careful about our our expenses and that we are better organized in terms of you know be, being in, in in a virtual cir- uh, setting. We've uh, we also you know tried to find ways to keep in touch and in contact with uh, with our key uh, the key people we work with, particularly in the in the on trade and you know the the, the bartender family and uh, uh, community, uh, which which is so important for for us. So uh, uh, you know we, we've we've tried to uh, come up with ways to do happy hour virtual happy hours educational programs uh we've looked at you know try, trying to uh, to help uh, uh you know the community through contests and uh, uh you know help, trying to push home delivery cocktails and uh, you know things like that so that we can really find ways to um just to keep in touch and and keep the 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 closeness that that has made uh you know this this whole thing so uh, so exciting and so so successful uh you know that that's we we always say that you know the the, the success of of uh, of diplomatico of course we have a you know we have a great rum that people love but we also have a, a lot of people involved in the brand who have been out there working with a whole lot of other people who are passionate about what they do as well it's the combination of all of this that that makes uh, that makes it uh, great. Of course, absolutely, and and uh, I definitely want to talk more about some of those uh, programs and ventures that you have, and uh, maybe on the lighter side, talk about what you're drinking these days. But uh, for now, we're at about the halfway point, so uh, this, we're going to pause for a quick note from some of our sponsors, and we'll be right back with the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Square. We all know that this is an incredibly challenging time for our friends running restaurants and small food businesses. With social distancing in place, people are staying home and eating in, and restaurants have had to pivot to pickup and delivery only. HRN would usually be recording our podcast from our studio inside Roberta's, but since they've had to close their dining room, they've ramped up their frozen pizza production, set up a wine and grocery shop, and seen their delivery orders skyrocket. Like Roberta's, many restaurants have been changing offerings day by day as they figure out how to best serve their customers. If you run a restaurant or small business, Square has the tools to help you adapt. One of these tools is the Square online store. It lets you set up a free online ordering page with curbside pickup and local delivery so you can keep customers safe. You can deliver orders yourself or integrate with delivery partners. Its order hub lets you manage all your incoming orders in one place, no matter which delivery partners you choose to use. Square has all the tools to help you stay connected to customers no matter where they are. See everything that's available by visiting square.com slash go slash speakeasy. And we're back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Uh, today we're talking with Edward Beasley from Diplomatico. 
And before the break, we were talking uh, a little bit about um, what we're all what we're all drinking in quarantine. We've all got our Diplomatico reservas here and our our, our reserva exclusivas in our remote remote studios. <laughs> Clearly, I've been enjoying it. And our yeah. two remote <laughs> studios in Brooklyn and California. Um, but Edward, what what are you drinking, and uh, how would you uh, adapt some of the the Diplomatico line to people that are looking at well that are looking to and have to uh, drink more cocktails from home these days? Look, well, uh, you know, I, I, I was saying before that I, I really like the one with uh, with the uh, the cocoa the coconut water ice cube, uh, which is. Super easy to, to 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 make. You just have to make those those ice cubes, and then and then you pour your your diplomatico reserva exclusiva on, on top of them. So that that's that's an easy one. Um, but uh, I I also enjoy very much the uh, negronis. Uh, so uh, so that's another that's another easy uh, easy thing to do because it's basically three three equal parts of of uh, diplomatico. Um, uh, Campari and uh, vermouth uh, over ice. Uh, so that's another one that uh, you know it is a is a is an easy one to uh, to do at home. Yeah, it's and, delicious, you know, and also uh, uh, I love pointing out that you know all three of those things are non-perishable, so they're kind of ideal for when you're trapped at home and can't get out and get things like coconut water or limes. Even those three things can just sit on your shelf, and you've got a cocktail ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm a huge, like, I, I love old fashions. I love rum old fashions, um, probably the most out of the old fashioned. I'm a huge, like, American whiskey drinker, but when it comes to an old fashioned, if I were going to pick one, if I had to pick one, I would go with a rum old fashioned. Um, I've used Diplomatico. I actually, I, I had one once with the Ambassador Diplomatico that yes. was amazing, uh, obviously. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, typically like what I do at Grand Army is I'll make it with, with Diplomatico, I, uh, with the Reserva exclusive. Um, and then I typically, I mean, Souther's the bitters guy, but do you know the, yep. um, have you ever had a bitters It's called forest floor? No. Who makes it? No. It's it was this small company that um, I think it comes from Wisconsin or Indiana, one of those states, um, and it's really hard to find. They used to make it back in the day, then they discontinued it and started making it again. But it's got like really like heavy like spice notes to it, and it's it's awesome. Um, actually, Tiki Adam is the one who turned me on to it. He found it somewhere, and so I've got a couple of bottles of of old. Well, reserve. <laughs> so, like, I'll do the double reserve um, with that bitters, and it's really awesome. And I, you know, I'm, I, you know, typically when I do a, an old fashioned with whiskey, I do an orange and a lemon twist. It's pretty standard for the cocktail bar world. But with the with the uh, with a rum old fashioned, I usually just do an orange twist. Um, just keep it kind of simple. I also like in, even before like quarantine, my thing is like I would always batch cocktail. I go camping a lot, so like. Um, I would always want to batch cocktails and, you know, bringing an old, uh, like a bottled old fashioned with you and wanting, you want to garnish it, but you don't want to like bring a ton of other stuff with you. So, you know, typically just bring an orange and, you know, you can garnish like eight to 
12 of them <laughs> if you just do like small discs. Um, but yeah, I, I'm huge age rum, old fashioned kind of dude. But I like what you said about the Negroni. I mean, like, I think it, this rum, especially the one that we're all drinking right now, it plays really well into a Negroni, which would, I mean, to me, it's more along the lines of like a Boulevardier. Um, but that's just nerding out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's got that rich body, a right. with sweet vermouth, and then this cutting bitter from Campari. Like, yeah, tip, it's definitely. And, uh, and I've used the um, the Bruto Americano from uh, St. George Spirits. St. George, yeah, love it. That yeah. stuff works really, really well with this rum. Yeah, that stuff slaps. Yes. Yeah, we, I guess we, I guess overall, I just like a, a, like more of a bolder bitter with this rum maybe it's because it's a very rich rum too i i, I guess maybe it just works because they're bigger bolder flavors you know sure yes yeah. yes i i think uh, i think we, we we love to uh, uh to use uh to use diplomatico in, in typical uh whiskey or bourbon uh uh drinks yeah. because uh you know they, they have some you know actually a lot of uh, a lot of similarities and uh, and you know I, I always like to surprise uh, my friends who are you know strong whiskey drinkers and say well you know why don't you try and old fashioned is you know is one of them uh, why yeah. don't you try uh, to uh, make a twist on your usual cocktail and, and try it with rum and they're always like rum you know what do you mean really and then yeah. you know they, they they get into it and they're like wow wow yeah that's good that's really good. I think there's a you know there's always this perception about rum that you know it's a bit standard it's not so exciting it's uh, it's uh, I totally disagree with that. I, I mean, yeah, I go I go the opposite direction. To me, it's the most exciting. It's one of the most exciting spirit categories because one, it can be made anywhere around the world, um, so long as it's made from sugar um, of some sort. It can be cane. It can be made from molasses. You know, it, but it's there's no like DOC AOC kind of situation with rum to where it needs, it can only be made this way in this one region of this one country, you know, it can be made anywhere. And that's what I always say. Rum's pretty outlaw when it comes to that, you know, it can, it can take a lot of different shapes. Definitely agree. Yeah. yeah, Um, A lot of different styles and uh, different uh, opportunities to really express uh, you know, uh, a way to to make it in different places. So that's what's so exciting yeah. about rum. And I actually, you know, I I always think it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's rum is a sometimes a bit underrated versus the you know the the the, the whiskies or the cognacs of this world. But honestly, it's it's just it requires the same kind of know how to uh, to do. It's a, it's it's really an art. And uh, and you know the the result that you get from uh, from uh, uh, mixing it and or even just sipping it is is uh, is actually very uh, quite amazing and and there's a lot to discover in it and, and that's that actually has been you know one of our one of our missions over over the years to uh, to really get people to rediscover what rum can be uh, uh, you know as a as a beautiful premium drink and. Uh, and uh, and that's what has happened over the last uh, 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think that, I mean, I, like uh, a lot of people in this country, uh, learn to drink in dorm rooms primarily. <laughs> and when you do that, you know, you have 
this sense that like, oh, whiskey, like that's this kind of like very refined spirit that's to be respected. And and rum kind of gets relegated to spring break a little bit. And it's one of the joys of of delving deeper into this business and just kind of the craft of where spirits come from is finding out the the versatility that the spirits had that the spirit rum has and all of the different places. I mean, we were just talking, it, it's perfect in an old fashioned, it's perfect in a Negroni, like off the top of my head, I can't think of really a place where I wouldn't want rum to go just because there's so much versatility in that category. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the, that's really the, the, the great, uh, the great fun of, uh, of working uh, uh, and, and, and drinking rum is, 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 is really that the, the, the versatility uh, and I think, you know, I, I also say often that, you know, this is, rum is a, is actually a serious drink that doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it requires a lot of effort and, you know, a lot of passion and, uh, and a lot of know-how. And, and then it's just about enjoyment and, and pleasure and sharing and being together. And, and that's what, you know, life uh, should be all about in normal times, at least. Totally. I think these guys are probably going to say I sound like a broken record, but, but recently <laughs> I've been, you know, like I, I've been, I've been just, I've been on this crazy tonic kick lately and I've been like just trying everything with tonic and it's not, not necessarily like going too crazy. I mean, I had a chartreuse and tonic the other day for chartreuse day on 1605 and it was awesome. But like, rum and tonic is pretty classic and i i've been been doing that also i i my flask always has rum in it an aged rum in it when i go fishing like there's something about like and it doesn't have to be on a boat i i get the connection of being on a boat and drinking rum but like even if i'm just like at a river or like a a pond or lake like i always have a, a flask of rum and i i switch it up but like i don't know it's there's like no occasion that i found in life that wasn't enhanced with a little bit of rum. <laughs> that yeah, sounds like yeah. Hunter Thompson probably right now, but no, I mean, I would actually kind of agree. I hadn't really thought about it too much, but my flask is typically rum as well. I think it's a good pocket spirit. You know, it's got enough flavor on its own. Uh, it, it, it's okay being drank neat or maybe even a little bit warm from being in your pocket. Like exactly. You're right. I, I mean, think, I think have, about I, like when I you go to I, like, I drink a lot of whiskey, but I think I have rum in my flasks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about like when you go, to like like martinique and you're drinking tea punch you know like there's no ice in it typically i mean you can get it with ice but typically it's made with just lime and if you want to get laughed at rum. <laughs> yeah but you um it, you get laughed at or made fun of <laughs> yeah exactly i mean but you drink tea punch like room temperature and typically that room doesn't have walls and it's on a beach you know yeah, and yeah. so I, I yeah it's it, if you have it in your pocket and it's warm it's like fine <laughs> you know it's it's very, uh, it's a very forgiving spirit. And typically like, you know, there are some very crazy funky rums out there, but, um, but even those I find to be somewhat refreshing. Do I sound like an alcoholic? No. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, on certain occasions, it's like, it's like more about like, just, it's not, it's not like drinking like, like a Fernet or like, uh, an, barrel strength whiskey or something like that, you know, out of that flask and, and at room time. It's like, it just works. Rum just works. Indeed. I mean, it's worked for centuries, you know? <laughs> yeah. Edward, um, 
how did you come to be in the position that you're in as the global marketing guy of this this family-owned brand? Uh, do, do you know the families? Are you part of the families? How did how did you break into this part of the field? Um, well, I've I've worked in the world of uh, wines and spirits um, most of my life in, in different uh, bigger groups, uh, and then uh, you know more more recently I've you know I've decided that I wanted to. Uh, to work more in a more entrepreneurial uh, area. And uh, I actually started my career in Venezuela uh, many years ago. And, uh, uh, and at the time had some, some connections with, uh, with people who today are running uh, Diplomatico. And we reconnected, um, you know, along the way and, and a bit more recently. And, uh, and yeah, I, I got back into it and got really, really excited about, you know, working again with a, in a, in a small entrepreneurial uh, context uh, with, a, you know, with a brand that has, you know, a, a lot to, uh, a lot to do around the world. So that was very, uh, very exciting project for me. And then that's how I got back into it. And, and I have to say that, you know, that the, whether you are, in the you know in the family as a family member or just as a person who works very closely with everyone, we always call the diplomatico the diplomatico family, uh, and 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 you feel even and you feel like you are part of the family, uh, and and that's what makes it fantastic and what you you know you why you really want to uh, uh, to be out there and uh, and uh, you know. Just be part of of this uh, of this great uh, company. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, I want to talk a little bit uh, as we approach the end of the show here. Uh, you know about um, COVID a little bit. You're, how is the distillery operating right now? Uh, are you are you on lockdown? Uh, are people able to go to work? If they are, what's the production like? Like, how are things going on the ground? So on the ground right now, it's we, we are operating with a very uh, very small number of people. So uh, we have you know all the people who can actually work from home work from home, um, and then we have you know a very small group of people who are at the distillery uh, and who just make sure that you know the, the basics of the distillery still continues to function. Uh, but we're talking about you know a, a group of, of maybe you know twenty or thirty people at the time. So when we normally have about five hundred people, so so it's a uh, it's uh, but we you know we we, we are continuing to uh, uh, to to run it at a very low level. Uh, we've also over the past uh, few um, uh, weeks we've uh, we've made some uh, some high proof alcohol. That we've donated locally as well, so that has kept us a bit busy as well. Uh, for making sanitizing uh, yeah. agents. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've we've um, we've donated at this point something like about around sixty thousand liters of that, and uh, I think it's this is still ongoing. So it'll probably be be more. So that's you know it's a small contribution that we try to make, and. Uh, and yeah, and and then you know around the world, it's you know all, all the people who work for us are basically working from home at this point, and and, uh, and not really not traveling, obviously. But uh, that's uh, that's how we've we've uh, we've managed. And I think that 
what we are very proud of is that during those times we have kept everyone on board um and uh you know and and we will you know we've organized ourselves so that we can we can maintain uh, everyone on board for for as long as it takes to to be back to normal right and you know that's the variable right now none of us know when that is going to be and uh, nor do we know what that's going to be is normal going to be normal i don't i don't foresee it being the same we're going to we're going to all have to make some changes to meet the new landscape um but uh, it's good yeah. to know that you're out there doing what you can with what you have and giving back to the community in that way that's great indeed and Absolutely. drinking rum the whole time. And, and drinking rum bad. the whole time. <laughs> I, th- I think we have uh, we had we have definitely kept this uh, this uh, positive outside uh, uh, outside to the uh, to 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 the world. I think uh, you know in, in those times uh, everyone is still out there uh, trying to keep their connections going with with all their friends out there. Uh, you know, everyone, you know, we—I I can't count the number of uh, uh, drinks we've had on Zooms of all sorts uh, all around the world with all sorts of people. We've, we're doing a lot of uh, uh, education as well, and uh, uh, you know, presentations to tools, you know, both uh, in trade and consumers, and just trying to keep keep it vibrant, keep it fun, keep it exciting. Uh, you know, uh, we we're still we're still alive. Uh, the, the world is still out there. You know, our loved ones. We were lucky that they we we didn't have any any case of uh, of COVID uh, among the personnel. So that's a cause for oh, celebration, well, I guess. Heck yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Great. Yeah, keep it vibrant, fun, and exciting, just like rum yeah there you go speaking of my glass is almost empty so i guess that means we're probably at the end of the show um (laughs) um, but yeah we would love to uh love to have you back on the show sometime and uh hopefully next time we chat we'll be able to see each other in person that would be great uh really appreciated the opportunity uh thanks a lot yeah so if you don't know which would be crazy uh for our listeners out there uh, Diplomatical rum is, I mean, I, I see it everywhere I go. I mean, for a small company, it's, it's got legs, you know, so you can definitely find it. If you haven't tried it, try it because I mean, it's a hundred percent across the board, what we're drinking today. And Indeed. I think we can all agree that we we're really into it. I'm feeling real good. Feeling real good. Oh yes. <laughs> so check out Diplomatical rums. They're very cool. Thanks for being on the show today, Edward. Um, we'll catch up with you soon. And guys, Thank that's you. it for me. You got anything to say before we sign off? I think that's a wrap on my end. All right, cool. Yep. Um, I know you got to get to another show. We're all man. We're staying busy these days, which is pretty cool. Um, I feel like it's I feel like it's, I feel like it's busier than normal, frankly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for plenty more shows like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station. And until next time, we chat. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. You. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in the rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Food Radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fair, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.